The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Who are you talking to, Lucia? A lady. I don't see it. Where is she? Here, on the little tree. Don't you hear her? No. Tell him to say the rosary. Then he will see me. She says to say the rosary, Francisco. Shall I go to heaven? Yes, you will. And Jacinta? Also. And Francisco? Yes, but he will have to say many rosaries. Lucia, I can see her now. I see her plain. I'm really excited to see the release of this new movie. There's a movie coming out on Fatima. It's scheduled to open nationwide August the 14th. I'll tell you more about it, I'm sure, as it gets closer. Uh, but, you know, you can do your own search. Uh, check it out. Uh, maybe I'll put a link up on my Facebook page and my Twitter later so you can see one of the trailers. It's exciting. You know, we, we've talked about Our Lady of Fatima many, many times. And when we saw the chaos in our country... You know, as this was ratcheting up, as we saw COVID spread, as we saw looting and rioting and people being killed and injured, I, I thought, you know, what's the solution to this? Our, our executive director, Father Frank Hopp and Father Rocky, has said that, you know, we should be praying for peace and unity, not justice. He quoted St. Jose Maria Escriva. He says, we should be praying for peace and unity. It's very different than justice. And, and I think it's such a great, great call. So I, I decided... I was going to do a 13-part series on Fatima's peace plan. We are in this beautiful Fatima window when Our Lady came to these three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal, and over a series of apparitions gave them visions of everything from the fires of hell to what was to unfold in the not-too-distant future. She called them to pray, pray especially the rosary, to convert, to consecrate themselves to her immaculate heart. And... uh, I, if you want to join me every week, I'm going to be doing this because I do think this is the solution. I think this is the answer. I think we need to look at the problems of the world, be it COVID or, or, or protest or civil unrest or the economy, and we need to approach it with faith, trust, and above all, with prayer. And I just love that little clip there. You know, you heard, um, <laughs> you heard Francisco. He said, who are you talking to? And I didn't know this. I actually just found this out. I thought I knew just about everything about the Fatima apparitions. And it, it, you know, it it just teaches us, you know, you, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. Right. I found out that Francisco in those visions could not hear our lady. He said to the other seers, who are are you talking to? But he listened to what she wanted. And I know sometimes you might feel you can't hear God. And God doesn't hear you and your prayers. I think we have to learn to listen. God speaks to us. He speaks to all of us. Sometimes in the whisper of the wind, somehow in the whisper of our heart. Other times it's very loud, very clear, very obvious. You know, Francisco did his part, though he was not privileged to see our Blessed Mother. And I love his story. He wasn't privileged to hear Our Lady speak. And what a cross that would be for me if I was there. Uh, But he was happy to please her. She was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen and enthusiastically did what she asked for. He was a young boy, child, and was completely open to the inspiration of of the Holy Spirit and to Our Lady's call. And for that, he achieved the crown of sainthood. He was raised to the altars, and Francisco was indifferent to all the 
information that Lucia related about the Second World War and persecution and famines and consecration to Russia and all the litany of other things. Uh, he, he wasn't focused on that. He didn't understand it. And no one really knows the private conversations that went on between the children, but he was sensitive to Our Lady's sadness, to Our Lady's sorrows due to these offenses. So I think it is really ripe time for you, for me, for Catholic lay people to rise up and to ask, what, Lord, do you want of me? What do you want me to focus on? Lord, speak to me. I am listening. should ask yourself, what is my part? What is my role in these difficult times? What's God asking me to do to defend the church or the structures of society or to defend my family or to proclaim the truth? In order to do all this, you really need to be faithful, prayerful, and courageous. And, and, and courageous people will create, I believe, create courageous bishops and clergy. And uh, I, I think we see so many priests today demoralized by, by what's happening. We see so many people demoralized. But I've got great hope. That's why we're going to do this series. So I'm going to share with you what Our Lady told us over 100 years ago and why it's just as relevant today. And I'm joined by an expert on it. David Carollo is the executive director of the World Apostle of Fatima, and he is one of the leading Fatima experts, and he's been a great friend to this radio program over over the years. And if you want more information, just go to bluearmy.com. And like I said, I'm going to link to the video and to their website. You can get a lot of information there. Please follow Our Lady's Peace Plan and pray. David, good to have you with me today. It's such yeah. a delight. Thank you, Drew. Always good to be with you. Yeah, I, I love this theme of you know of being courageous because there's such fear that seems to be predominating the the hearts of so many people, even the culture. Pray for sure. for, for for courage. Let's talk a, a little bit about that. We see people taking to the streets, you know, uh, of course, disclaiming racism, which which they should. But then we see things get out of control as as well. I, I know that you often talk about being under the banner of Our Lady and Her Immaculate Heart. Maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean that's the whole thing. I mean, it, it, the bottom line is, as, as we I've said many, many times, you know, we're, the closer we are to God, there is love and serenity. The farther we get away from God, there's hatred and chaos. Is it any is it any wonder that that all of this violence has started? I mean, whatever the the, the cause that's given, and 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 not, not, I'm not I'm not questioning the legitimacy of people's protesting, but but is it interesting? It's three or four months after the cessation of masses. We, we've descended into violence. I mean, it, it's it's almost it, it was almost predictable, and w- what a shame because we we are uh, <laughs> we have been denied the, the the essence of our spirituality. Okay, now for whatever for the reasons. Okay, I was listening to your previous segment, and certainly there is a, a legitimate health issue that has to be dealt with. But is it being dealt with properly? Um, you know, uh, keeping people from what, what is essential. We talk about essential business. What is more essential than people going in and praying and being in church? And as the Fatima message talks about, making reparation for sin. Okay, if sin is is the root cause of all of the problems that are out there, and in fact it is, um, wouldn't wouldn't prayer and reparation and attendance at the church and masses, particularly with the sacraments, isn't that the solution? And that's what Our Lady asked. I mean, she, she wanted people to turn back to the faith, turn back yeah. to God. We weren't living in accord with the Gospels. And as time goes on, I hate to say it, it's gotten worse. Yeah, um, I agree. And, um, 
and, and we are we are dealing with the with the uh, with the consequences of not heeding her warnings. If my requests are not heeded, well, look at it. Russia will spread her errors. Well, uh, look at the secularism, you know, this atheism, you know, communism, the, the evil of communism that was talked about, is the atheistic aspect of it, right? Well, look where we're we at today. What are the, how many even even nominal Catholics truly believe all aspects of the faith? I mean, they did a pretty good job. <laughs> they did a very good job of poisoning the world. And, yes. uh, and, and here we are. Here we are in the 21st century now, and we are dealing with what we were warned about. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. My guest today is David Carollo. If you want to join us, feel free to dial in. I will take some calls for you. We're talking about solutions to the problems that face us. And, and I think peace and I think prayer, I mean, prayer for peace and unity are, are critical. And, and one of the great weapons we've been given is the prayer of the rosary. And I want to talk to you about that, too, because I'm hearing that there are going to be rosary rallies around the country. People are really recognizing the need to take these rosaries in their hand. But first, let me go to uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Know that town well. Karen, good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Hi, Karen. Thank you for taking my call. And thank you, dear. I, I just wanted to say I'm so grateful that we're talking about this again because um, it is the answer. I agree with you. It is the answer. But I, I feel like it's part of the enemy's plan to intimidate people and to lead them to believe that this is difficult or intimidating in some way. It's almost as if in this, is, in this age of technology that it's almost too simple. And um, I just want to say, you know, people begin this. They will discover miracles. They will uh, come to know how to, to pray the rosary, but I have found, and I believe this, that just start. And if you don't finish it, the angels will. I firmly believe that, but I think the secret is in removing, you know, all the, the stuff that's around it. There's no stuff around it. And uh, part of the thing is I did a, um, oh, a uh, retreat for Marquette High School years and years ago. I co-organized co- uh, uh, it. And I brought a pot, a small, um, a small like a flower pot sort of that a high school student had made for me and gave to me. And I, it didn't really fit here. It didn't fit there. And I decided to create a rosary pot. And we got the rosaries out of the drawers and out of the cases. And we gently put them in the rosary pot, and it sat on the fireplace. And I find that get them out of the drawer, get them out of wherever they are, because Remember if they're that. in sight, you're reminded, you're right. and you're more likely to use them, and that's what happened for us. Well, Karen, thank you. Thank you for your love of the rosary and for, and for this call. Really? Dave, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the power of that rosary and some of the things that people are doing as well. It is. It is the weapon. St. Padre Pio called it the weapon, and it truly is. The rosary has, has overcome so many things. I mean, I mean, vices. Uh, wars, invasions, I mean, you go on. The, the history of the rosary is amazing, but it is, it really is the, the prayer. It's our prayer. It's our Catholic prayer, of course, after the Holy Mass. And uh, we're going to be actually getting involved in a rosary congress later this year. We don't have the details yet, but, but uh, I think it's very important, especially in this year with all the turmoil, with all the illness. Uh, we're, in a pres- we're in an election year, and these kind of things are very important for people to have the right mind in their in their selection of candidate, all these things. 
and we need we need grace in this world. You know, we spoke about about Francisco and his simple the, the simple part of his mission at Fatima. But what did he do? He immediately understood. I have this vision of this job that was given to us. I'm going to now pray and make reparation for sin. He saw that he he, he understood, maybe not in words, but in his heart, he understood the damage caused to the world by sin, and he committed himself and was left of his short life to make reparation for sin. Uh, I think that's what we have to do. That's how we all have to look at it. We we all we all have to be little Franciscos, little Jacintas. We have to be, we, we we love the story of Sister Lucia and her many years. And, and the way she clarified so much of the Fatima message over those 88 years after the apparitions. But you look at the simple, we have to be simple like all of the children were. And Sister Lucia remains simple, really, in reality. She lived her life in cloister, and of course there's nothing necessarily simple about cloister life, but she certainly, she had a simple faith because she knew. She had seen it, and she knew what was being asked. And she also knew the consequences of not heeding our Lady's words. And my guest today, David Crowley, you speak of um, of sacrifice. You talk of penance and reparation that they did. In addition to the rosary, I mean, the other aspect, and we've been denied it. I thought you brought up a great point. You said our church doors have been closed. When you yeah. do not go to confession, when you do not receive the Eucharist, I think the channels of grace is when, when, when you are not receiving them, it, it's, it's dangerous for you spiritually, and it really takes discipline in order to make sure that you stay connected and that you're in that relationship with God. Francisco had a love for the Eucharist, unlike anyone I've seen. I mean, he would spend hours just sitting before the tabernacle in adoration of our Lord. And and, and this is an important aspect. Maybe you could highlight that as well, because in addition to us praying the rosary and, and, you know, going out to marches and doing other things, how important, and, and this is another Eucharistic theme, I guess, that comes out of Fatima, how important is is devotion to the Eucharist, especially in these times? Well, St. Francisco referred to the hidden Jesus. That's how his simple faith. He knew that, that our Lord was truly present in the Blessed Sacrament in those tabernacles or exposed. And he understood. Now, think about it. There, there, are, there are reports that say that 70% of nominal Catholics today do not believe in a real presence. Well, folks, <laughs> this, is, this is the essence of our faith. This is what was given. People left our Lord when he presented that. They couldn't accept that, and they walked away. And how many of us who claim to be Catholic in name, and really in name only, I'm afraid, if they cannot accept the reality of the real presence? Because this is where it's at. I mean, the, the apparitions of Fatima were preceded by the apparitions of the Angel of Peace. And in that yeah. third apparition, what did he do? He brought the Blessed Sacrament. Okay, Our Lady never brings people to herself. She brings people to God, to her son, to our Lord. The last vision of Fatima that Sister Lucia received in, in, in you know in, in Spain was 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 what in Tui? It was it was our, our the God the Father, our Lord on the cross, the Holy Spirit depicted her standing there and the blood uh, of, of the crucifixion into the chalice. I mean, where does she lead? She's not leading us to her. She's leading us to God. She's leading us to to reparation for sin and Eucharistic reparation. And that's why we're very involved, and we, we, we really had a resurgence now of our work with all-night vigils and nocturnal adoration and all-night reparation in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And the response has been amazing. We've been doing it here at the Shrine in New Jersey um, as much as we can during this time. And we've actually kicked up our efforts in this time because we felt that, that we needed to be more involved, not less involved. 
okay? We, we, this, this situation in our, with the church is locked down. We did everything in our power to stay as open as we could within within the health guidelines and all. And because we're now a big-time out, out, outdoor shrine to a great degree, we were able to do that. Yep. And uh, even our mass is outside under the under the pavilion. We seat 1,500 under the under the roof outside. And uh, it's just and people who are able to come are so happy because they're getting they're getting the, the sacraments again. That's great. Well, my guest is David Kroll. David, I need to take a short pause. When we come back, there's a lot to talk about. If you want to join us, I only have David probably another 10 minutes or so, but I'll take your calls. I'll go back to the phones at 888-914-9149. We're looking at spiritual solutions to the problems that plague us. And I hope you don't take that as trite. I know many people are getting stressed out. I have a friend who's a former NBC bureau chief. Uh, for, for Latin America, he was a war correspondent, and he told me the same thing I felt. He, he he said this to me actually earlier today when he called me. He said, um, I, I can't watch the news. He says, really, there's only a show or two that I can really digest. He says, it's it's stressing me out. And I don't think it's reflective, really, of, of – I, I think sometimes it's, it's presented in a ways that calls that anxiety and sensationalism. How do we quell that? We're going to get through it. We'll get to the other side of this. Peace will reign comes down to you and to me and our lady god sent her to the human race for a reason she gave us a peace plan she gave us a solution when we come back we'll talk more about how you can participate with her in bringing that peace that today seems so elusive who are you talking to can't you see her no i can see her now What did she say? Francisco did not hear the Virgin, but he heard with his heart. He was so enamored with her beauty, he became lost in the light that shone from her. Francisco understood that this light was God, and was so overwhelmed he once exclaimed, What is God? He became a contemplative soul who spent hours praying before the Blessed Sacrament at the local church. That is where many of his prayers were answered. Francisco, now a saint, shows us that humble submission to God produces great fruit. Fatima is an uplifting story about the power of faith coming soon to theaters nationwide. All right. Like I said, we'll tell you more about that as that event gets closer in August. I believe the date is August 14th, Fatima movie. And I'm I personally, just between you and me, I'm delighted to see um, the message of Fatima. We celebrated the 100th anniversary that it has not gone into memory. It hasn't gone into history and people are moving on to something else. I do believe... We saw one of the bloodiest and ugliest histories, uh, I should say centuries in human history. I mean, you take a look at the evils that arose in the 20th century. Just take a look at the horrors of that century. And God came before all that unfolded, sending the mother of God in Fatima. And, and what did Our Lady ask? She asked for consecration to the Immaculate Heart. She asked that the popes consecrate the world, uh, Russia, I should say, to to her Immaculate Heart. They didn't listen until John Paul II. He did that on March 25th, 1984. But the Lord predicted to Lucia, like the King of France, it will be done, but it will be done late, and Russia will have spread her errors. And we saw that, right? We're, what, 100 years later now, after the request for the consecration, which was June 13th, 1929? Where are we at in this time? We're now living through, I think, the hard part of this. Russia did spread her errors. We see it. We see these Marxist ideologies, these Marxist ideas of communism, atheism, ungodly ideologies that uphold the rights of the state over the individual. You know, we, we're living in a time of um, 
I think, great intellectual challenge as well, as well as spiritual. And I'm joined by somebody who knows this intimately. I'm speaking today with the head of the Blue Army, the uh, executive director of the World Apostle of Fatima, uh, Dave Carolla, and he's a leading Fatima expert. And Dave, maybe we could pick up on this. Russia played such a big part of the Fatima message. I know we talk about that a lot, but we are seeing you know, a Marxist, I, I don't know, the fingerprints of Marxism on, on some of the things that are happening in our country. But I'll, I'll throw it to you. These are the handprints, not just the fingerprints. Believe me, this is this is this is what it's all about. But but I, I, don't, I want to remind you, uh, eight or nine years ago, I had someone here from Russia, Dr. Victor Kroll, who was a professor, is a professor at Moscow University. He, when we were both, we both spoke at Our Lady of Good Help at the Shrine in Champion, and then you had us on your show together that the, that afternoon. That. I do remember yeah. Victor and sure. a good friend. But I always remember Victor. He went, he he after the communists pulled out, he became the editor of the first Catholic newspaper in Russia, Svet Evangelia, for for a a number of years. And and he always spoke about, you know, we talk about courage, and we need to be courageous, Drew. We need to get out there and fight for everything. We have to fight for our faith, and it's now becoming apparent that we're going to have to do this. But Victor often talked about walking up, and there were several few, but several Catholic churches that you could go to on Sunday in Moscow towards the end of the communist era. But he would go up and walk up those steps on Sunday morning, and there was someone there with a camera taking his picture. Okay. And, you know, but he said, he just, I say, he just, he would, he would just inhale and puff out his chest and walk in there. And he was, his Catholic faith was more important than, you know, career and everything else. And, and, and that always, that stayed with me. Because that's what we we're, we're facing similar things, okay? Now maybe not quite, you know, the, a communist government. Although some would like to see that happen. <laughs> Let's be realistic. Yeah, but um, you know, we have to fight for our faith because, and that's what our apostolate is about. It's what it was founded to be. Right. When when our when our our founder got with Sister Lucia, put together our pledge, which anybody can sign. Going to bluearmy.com, look for the Blue Army pledge. Read it and sign it and be part of this mission, because this is the mission given by Our Lady and endorsed by Sister Lucia in 1947. This is what it's all about, to pray for the salvation of, you know, for obviously for freedom, for, for, for peace in the world, and for the salvation of souls. That's our mission. That's what Francisco and Jacinta did in their little lives, and that's what Sister Lucia took as her mission for those many years in the convent. And we have many resources at, at our website. That we have the, the beautiful book, A Pathway Under the Gaze of Mary. That was the biography of Sister Lucia, Night of Love, that beautiful book written by our founder about the all-night vigils and the nocturnal adoration and reparation that you make in the world. Wow. And, and uh, you know, he posed a question in there, in, that, in a Night of Love book. Could you save 1,000 souls during a night of adoration and reparation. I truly believe you can, depending on your zeal. Okay. And this is who we are. That's where our apostolate is. Join us. We have our statue tours going around the country right now. It's sort of on hiatus because we we can't have access to the churches like we did. But we've been going other places. We've been visiting the capitals uh, in certain states. We've been going around with the Blessed Sacrament and with our statues, letting people see who we are. And, and, and come because it's it's Our Lady, it's her message, and we're her army, and that's, that's where we have to be. Yeah. Well, Dave, I want to thank you uh, for being with us today. Let me see if I can grab a uh, a call or two before we run out of time. Well, we don't sure. have a whole lot of time here, actually. Uh, let me get to Barbara in Long Island. I'll see if I can squeeze her in. Barbara, good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. I just wanted to Hi, tell you we have been praying on Long Island in front of our churches 
public rosaries right. for the healing yeah. of our nation. And we had three of them this week. We have two more coming up since this is Religious Freedom Week. But the response has been so incredible by people who are praying and people who are passing by, who are honking their horns, who are giving us thumbs up, who are so glad to see that Catholics are standing in a crowd in front of our church in peace and love and in reparation and in supplication for our country. We're praying the Rosary for America from our website. I'm the president of Catholics for Freedom of Religion. We have a Rosary for America there. But any rosary that people pray, I know Fatima believes in this incredibly. We've learned from you. Public prayer is so needed now. All right, Barbara, i got to hold on that point. In fact, speaking of public prayer, we'll join together now and pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. David, thank you for your time. Keep up your wonderful work, and uh, we're behind you here, okay? Yeah, David. yours up, too. Thank you. It's David Carolla. Check him out, bluearmy.com. Join me now for the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. We'll invoke Our Lady under that powerful title, Mother of Mercy. <laughs> 